Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Extra time with Liam Horbin presented by Betway, but I'm not alone today. I'm here with one of the founding fathers of the 90th minute. What's going on? Matt Wozniak. Woz, yeah. how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How was uh, how was the day? It's actually, we're actually getting some nice spring weather in Edmonton, so it, it feels good out there. Yeah, it's weird not having like Champions League or Europa League. I'm not used to international football, so yeah, it's weird. It, it's a uh, it is weird, isn't it? Considering like the World Cup was three months ago, and it, yeah, it, it's, it seems like an odd thing. Do you like international football? Not really. Not it's I, I've gone through so many cycles of this, like. Through the European qualifying, through the, I find some of the matches to be kind of boring, nothing too exciting. I think if you're supporting like a smaller country like Canada or like when I was supporting Poland when I was younger, it was exciting to watch the qualifiers because they, you know, oh, are they going to qualify for a tournament? But now it's kind of like we're so used to it. It doesn't excite you as much. Yeah, it is. A, it's true, isn't it? Like it's, it's very odd. Like as an England fan, like I feel we get built up for almost a year and a half of how good we are. And then we go to the big tournaments and it's just not very yeah. good, to be honest. So, but today was a big win for them. I guess I've always been curious too, from, from an outsider's perspective, how do you, how do you see England? Not necessarily oh. as a squad today, but like just as a whole, do you think they're kind of frauds or do you actually believe in them when they go to tournaments? I think they always have a really strong team on paper going into tournaments. And there's always that sense of belief that they can probably do something, but they always tend to have kind of their, I don't know, in the back of their head. Like they progressed recently in tournaments pretty well. Like they went to the final of the Euros 2020 and mm-hmm. uh, what in the World Cup, they went to the quarterfinals, right? So yep. I think they've been doing better than, you know, compared to Euro uh, 2016, the World Cup in 2014, and Euro 2012. So I think they've, been progressing a bit better. Just, uh, the question is, can they really like start making a semifinal? And I think they have to really uh, build a stronger identity for themselves. And they have they have a very young squad to do so. Like I think about like the German sides in like 2008 to 2014 who were able to make semifinals consistently and make win a World Cup eventually. So it's just kind of I think the experience right now is helping them a lot. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. I think since that 2018 World Cup, honestly, which was Southgate's first tournament, and they made it to the semifinals. Yes, that too. Exactly. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. Like Since then, the team has just progressed so much, and now you're adding in young players like Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice has come a long way, mm-hmm. and also guys like uh, Reese James too. And you look on the outside, players that aren't getting in, like Marcus Rashford didn't play today. Um, Jaden Sancho wasn't in the squad. No, he's been kind of dealing with some stuff, but he's still a young up and coming player. Trent Alexander Arnold too. Like I know a lot of players kind of backed out of this lineup for for injury reasons, but the fact that like England have all that depth to pick from is something. And today, obviously, massive result for them against Italy. It said on the broadcast, first time in sixty two years that England have beaten Italy in Italy. So just mm. a huge way to kick it all off, but. The big storyline, obviously, Harry Kane becoming England's all-time top yeah. goal scorer, beating Wayne Rooney. As an England fan, I would have liked to see him that happen at the World Cup when he skied his penalty to Mars, but we got it back anyway. So 
What do you what do you kind of think of Harry Kane? I've always seen him as someone who's fairly undervalued by a lot of people, but somebody who every single season is a leading goal scorer in the Premier League and always shows up for England too. Uh, I, I, it's interesting because he got a lot of obvious uh, slander after missing that one penalty in the World Cup, and I hate to bring it back, but he did score a previous penalty before that, so he's always kind of shown up for England. And it's awesome to see him beat Wayne Rooney's record so mm-hmm. quickly because Rooney only set that record back in 2016, right? So yeah. there wasn't that much of a gap between those two. So, uh, I mean, I have no issue with Harry Kane. I, I'd like to see him probably move clubs and win a Premier League. I think that would help his legacy. Like, I know he got close to a championship. Champions League, and it feels like Tottenham Hotspur are almost like a cursed club that they can't win trophies. And it, I would love to see him win one trophy with England, you know, whether that be a Nations League or the Euros. So I like Harry Kane. I just sometimes questions if it's a, a manager can get the most out of him, you know. And uh, I wonder if he'll kind of transition, like kind of like Wayne Rooney, where Wayne Rooney is a bit more of a goal goal scorer, and then eventually he kind of dropped down into a midfield position, more of a you know out and out playmaker. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point on Rooney. And I feel like Harry Kane has that in his game where he mm-hmm. does kind of play a weird false nine role, but also he's like a target man. He's a very unique player in that sense of things. But it's like you said as well, like how quickly he passed away yeah. record. Like Rooney put out a tweet saying like, I figured this would probably happen. I just didn't imagine it to be so quickly. And funnily <laughs> enough, when Rooney scored that goal to set the record. Harry Kane was the first player to celebrate with him. So it's kind of funny. That's actually wild. Yeah, it's funny how it all kind of comes around like that. But you say there that you would like to see Harry Kane leave Tottenham. I I have been on that train a little bit recently too. Like Tottenham is an absolute gong show. Obviously, the whole Conte stuff that's going on. And they just, they seem like such frauds. Like I know they're sitting in fourth or fifth, whatever they are currently in the Premier League, like challenging for a Champions League spot, but they just do not feel like they deserve to be there at all. So if there was one club you could pick Harry Kane to go to, where would you make that destination? I mean, I know I'm a Man United supporter. Like, I, I kind of would want him, but at the same time, I don't want them to spend so much money on Harry Kane. I'd prefer if Man United went over went for someone younger like Victor Ossiman and Napoli. Because mm-hmm. what uh, Harry Kane is right now 29, so he still has a lot of years left. I don't think he's been too injury prone, so. It's. I think the best destination might have to be Manchester United, unless he wants to go to a London club, which I don't see him doing. Yeah, maybe Bayern Munich, someone to replace Lewandowski, like for us a little bit. It's tough to say, right? Yeah, I know a couple of clubs. Like Manchester United is obviously a team. I th- I feel like they've been linked with him before too, mm-hmm. and then City were linked with him, but they obviously don't need him anymore. They have Holland, but. There's also Chelsea who desperately yeah. need a striker. I know Lukaku is going to go back next season. And I don't know if he would go to Chelsea. That just seems too close of a rivalry. But I like the Bayern Munich shell. Like they have not been able to replace How- Levin. However, Dolphin. maybe Newcastle, since they have the money now, you know, if they can get yeah. a decent position in a European spot, I think that might, you know, I know they have uh, Alexander Isak there who's been pretty solid, but maybe a partnership with him and can be pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and they just went to a cup final. Tottenham, huh. they're getting closer to cup finals than Tottenham are, right? Like Newcastle just <laughs> yeah. lost United in the league cup finals. So they've had success there. But I, I like the idea of Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid is such an interesting case. Like Benzema is obviously, he's, he's obviously been great the last few years, but he's not getting any younger. So maybe you can just bring in Harry Kane. He's a world-class player and Real Madrid just like to spend as much money as they can all the time. 
But I just wanted to talk quickly on the England game. And one thing that I kind of noticed in it, and I'm curious to what you have to think about this. So uh, Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham are quickly becoming like two of England's, like two of the first names on the team sheet. And they were absolute dominant today. Yeah. Like I think they're a world-class duo. When you think of like international midfielders or anything like that, where, where would you kind of put Rice and Bellingham, do you think, as, as a duo? I know it's not been very long, but hmm. the way they were kind of running that midfield today, just two young guys look like they've been doing it forever. It was, it was absolutely insane, to be honest. And Jude Bellingham, like, man, I can't believe how young that guy is with just the mannerisms he has on the pitch. He has such good leadership qualities, but I think those two players are absolutely world-class. And if England is going to win anything anytime soon, it's going to come off the back of whatever those two can do in the midfield. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what other midfield duos there are right now in world football. Like I know Argentina had what Enzo Fernandez, McAllister, mm-hmm. a little bit of a mix there. So I think when it comes to duos, they're probably top three. I just don't know where to really place them, but they're extremely young. I love Jude Bellingham. It's crazy to think Bellingham's only 19. Yeah. When he's old, like it feels like he's been around for so long. He's so mature on the pitch, and he's been, you know, one of Borussia Dortmund's best players this year. So I'm excited to see him get a move to the Premier League and see how he'll do there. It's just, I, I think Jude Bellingham, just, he's such a difference maker. It's, he's always uh, fun to watch. For for Jude Bellingham, I think he's so interesting because yeah. he's going to Liverpool massively. He's absolutely world class. I think on most days, like he is England's best player. He was probably England's best player at the World Cup. Probably their best player today as well against Italy. But for for Bellingham, I've always had this thing: is like, why would he want to go to Liverpool right now? Like, I just you know, it's it's very interesting because Borussia Dortmund is challenging for the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich just sacked their manager today, which was wild. Yes. I believe that actually happened. But it's for, for Bellingham to leave, and I think he's kind of made these statements too. Like, Dortmund has been so good to him. They qualify for the Champions League every single season. They're getting better. They just lost Holland, and they're now in a better spot. Like, it's kind of just wild. And mm-hmm. I just don't see why he would want to go to a Premier League team at all. But We'll kind of see. I guess another big thing today that happened was Cristiano Ronaldo. Always in the headlines, man. That guy. Oh, my God. This one is a positive one. I believe he's the most capped international male. Yeah. Ever. But- so, what, like, what's your take on Ronaldo now? Like, I know you've had some takes on him in the past that you've kind of turned on him a little bit, but will you always have a soft spot for him in one way or another? Maybe one- not as much anymore because... <laughs> I feel like the GOAT debate has been settled by Messi winning the World Cup when the tournament Messi had, but Ronaldo fans, I think they're the ones who sour it the most to me because they keep bringing up, oh, Ronaldo's now the GOAT because he has the most caps by a men's player in international football. I'm like, how does that make someone the GOAT? I mean, mm-hmm. I when I'm deciding if a player is the greatest of all time, I look at the facts and I look at the statistics and I look at all the data, and the data presents that Messi is better than Ronaldo and more aspects than one. Yeah, goal scoring wise, sure, Ronaldo's a little bit better. He scored more, but like mm-hmm. Ronaldo today scored two goals against Liechtenstein, who ranked 198th in the world. And one was a penalty. So while he's scoring at a very old age, like this is a record that he just set that probably could have been set also by Zlatan Ibrahimovic if he really cared. Right? These yeah. are like just silly records. Sure, it's, oh, you played 197 games. Does that make someone the GOAT? Maybe I'm reaching there. I saw some people posting and it kind of annoyed me, but like good for him. At least he's still playing for Portugal, but he's, you know, these records are not hard to achieve if you're playing at such a long 
time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think they said his first one was 2003, 2004, yeah. something like that. So, obviously, like, being healthy and the longevity is a massive thing, right? And Ronaldo, I agree. I don't think he is the greatest of all time. I think that goes to Messi. I also think yeah. the debate is so difficult to have, and a lot of people have pointed this out, but, like, how do you judge from generation to generation? Yeah. Like, Pele won three World Cups, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a different time of football and everything, right? So I think the debate was settled when Messi won the World Cup and was the best player at the World Cup. But like, for, for Ronaldo, yeah, it's, uh, he scores two goals against Liechtenstein. Like, what does that really mean? Like, I'm wondering too, like, when is Portugal just going to move on from this guy in the sense of like, I don't, I don't disagree that he should be around the squad. I think he's a good figure to have there and everything. And I think yeah. they kind of rallied around him a little bit at the World Cup too, which helped them. But I know he scored two goals today, but it's like this is a guy that's playing it in the Saudi Saudi Arabia Premier League. Like this isn't high end competition. Like yeah. a lot of these Saudi teams would lose to League Two teams in England. Like when is when is enough enough? You know, it's it's an interesting debate with him. It's and also like you bring up this like men's international record. Like Robert Lewandowski, if he really cared, he could probably play for Poland for the next seven years. He's got 138 caps for Poland. He could probably set it. Also, my fire alarm just went off, so oh. <laughs> that's always fun. But I, I apologize to any listeners. That's okay. Well, uh, it's not too, it's not too clear. I'll, yeah. I'll try and talk over it. But I, uh, I want to ask you about Poland. So Poland uh, are going okay. into a, a new generation of things with their era, and obviously, they made it out of the World Cup group stage. It wasn't ideal. It probably could have gone a little bit better in the knockouts. But hey, like that's kind of always been Poland's thing: is getting to the knockouts. Mm-hmm. That was a big step. Now Fernando Santos is their manager now. I I believe, right? Let me yeah, he is the former yeah. Portuguese. How how do you feel about that one, was? Because uh, Santos wasn't the most loved person in Portugal. But he also won the Nations League in the Euros. That's true. And he's, I, I mean, it's, I never really liked the style of football Santos kind of brought to Portugal. I always found it a little bit boring to watch. But at the same time, he's also a very reputable coach. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of experience and maybe they'll help Poland. Interestingly enough, Poland also recently did have a Portuguese manager just like two years ago at the Euros. And he left in a very unfavorable fashion. He, he ended up leaving the job without telling anyone and got a job in Brazil. And it was very weird. So at least Santos has a reputation and he has a decent resume and maybe that'll benefit an experienced squad that Poland has. And Poland has some young players coming through. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm curious. I know Caroline and I spoke about it a while back too, and she was, she was unsure. To yeah. Say the least. I think she can respect what Santos has done in his career and, all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, like it's not exciting football, and I think that's one thing Polish like, fans are clamoring for. Yeah, and I mean the selections they've had recently are, haven't been great. I think I honestly maybe prefer Santos over Steven Gerrard, who was linked with the yeah. job because I don't really know under Gerrard, an English manager, like you know, I don't know that that I feel like that could be a language barrier, and it's always interesting seeing a foreign coach coach up like the Polish team or. Even for England, it's you know you don't typically see foreign managers, so it's but it's something different. Yeah, and that's right. Like what I've, I'm kind of on the the fan bus of you should manage what country you're from. I think in yeah. a lot of aspects, like England have had some troubles with it. With like Fabio Capello wasn't yeah. great, Engel and Eriksson wasn't very good either. But then you get 
Gareth Southgate, who kind of finds like the vibe of the squad and sends the culture, knows what the fans want. I know a lot of people don't like him, but you can't argue the success that Gareth Southgate has been able to have. So I'll ask you this question was, so Poland are in a group with Albania, Czech Republic, Faroe Islands, and Moldova. Expectations to win the group is fair to say? Probably, yeah, I imagine. So maybe Albania could surprise us here and there. But when I saw those groups released, I'm like, yeah, this is, may, may, you know, maybe Petr Cech will come out, but he's busy playing ice hockey for the Czechs. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> that is, uh, I, see, I see that story pop up every now and again. It's like, what a random thing they're, to they're do. In a, they're in a playoff race right now to win a title. Are they really? Yeah. <laughs> so, man, that guy just gets it done. It doesn't matter what the sport yeah. is. He's finding a way to keep the keep the puck of the ball out of the net. But I wanted to ask you quickly before we talk about some uh, some North American football. Is there is there anything you're kind of expecting from these qualifiers in the sense of like maybe there's a team that gets to the Euros that you're not expecting mm. or some team that fails? Like there's always one team, right, that kind of doesn't make it to the to the big stage. Like Italy didn't make the World Cup. I think the Netherlands didn't make it to the World Cup before that too. So it's kind of random. Like I've been looking through these groups and it feels very predictable, but there's just there's got to be someone that's like, I can't see it. Like mm. I think Wales will take a bit of a drop off. Obviously, no. Gareth Bale, they weren't fantastic at the World Cup either, but that's one team for me. I'm very curious about Belgium. I think Belgium, mm. obviously, they've got all the they've got some great players, but we really saw that team fall apart at the World Cup. Like you and I yeah. closely in the Canadian group, right? So there was a bit more coverage on it, but it seemed like Kevin De Bruyne was calling out one guy or the other, and then uh Vatongan was then calling out Kevin De Bruyne. Now Roberto Martinez is gone. I think he, I can't remember what yeah. he was, to be honest, but it seems like a new era to say the least with Belgium. Is there, is there someone standing out you think? Uh, in terms of qualifying right now? Yeah. Like what do you, I know it's early uh, days and it's hard to predict. But group what, group what A thinking? to me looks very interesting because while you have Spain there, which is the number one team, I think Georgia, which has Kvarcelia, yep. right? He's been obviously a star man. You got Norway who have Odegaard and Holland, and then you got Scotland who you, know, you never know with them. So it's, I'm interested for group A, honestly, yeah. that's the one that kind of stands out. Um, other than that, you make a good point with Belgium because they have Austria, but other than that, Sweden is also a good team. Mm. Um, group H, Denmark, Northern Ireland. Okay. That's, that's a, yeah, they should be able to win. That game. Be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I see some of these groups. It's like, wow. Um, there's, a, there's some that are definitely, uh, thinner yeah. than others. But that group A, I kind of forgot about Carvascalia that he was from Georgia. Yeah. But Scotland were, I think they lost in a penalty shootout not to go to World Cup or something. It was like they missed very narrowly to go. So, yeah, that's a good huh. show, actually. That's uh, Spain, too, like weren't even that good at the World Cup. So I know they beat yeah, Costa Yeah, they had high expectations always. Yeah, there's all obviously like that. We're not too far gone of that golden generation, but. I think we should probably move on from Spain because they're just not the team they were anymore. No. But yeah, the uh, Norway, I know they're going to be without Haaland for this weekend's games. I think he had uh, some leg injury or hmm. something like that. So that'll be a tough one for them. But like you said, like they've got a ton of other talent there. But qualif- other games going on this weekend, Canada is back in action. Now, we haven't seen Canada since they got eliminated mm-hmm. from the World Cup. I'm curious as someone who... You, we obviously followed them very closely yeah. throughout qualifying, but I feel like you and the the founders of the 90th Men and Boys were monitoring it a little closer than other people. Like, 
What was that qualifying run like for you for to get to the World Cup? Uh, the beginning was very exciting. Like I was someone who was kind of in tune with it from the very start. I kind of followed them um, in their pre, like before the qualifiers, before the hex, or it was the octagon, I think. The so, octagon, yeah. Yeah, it was all just very exciting, especially like seeing us defeat Mexico at, in Edmonton at home. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Just seeing the upsets because a lot of people didn't really believe in Canada at the time. And they're like, oh, no, the U.S. and Mexico are way better. And then watch them do it. It was awesome. So I think the qualifiers really set a high standards going into the world cup that we couldn't really match. And um, the pressure was really on. So I'm excited to see how Canada will now perform. Um, They've kind of got that experience behind them. Um, But overall, the journey of the world cup was just so exciting. It was historic and the top, I I hope Canada can go from here and win a trophy and like a gold cup. I think that'd be awesome for them. Yeah, and I think that should be the standard now for this mm-hmm. Canadian team, especially coming off the back of the World Cup. And obviously, I think everyone was disappointed with how the World Cup went, not winning the game. But I don't think we should be ashamed as fans of what they no. were able to accomplish. Like they got to the World Cup, which is a which is an accomplishment within itself. Yeah. It pushed Belgium to the absolute limits. Obviously, it didn't go well against Croatia or Morocco, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, Morocco and Croatia went to the semifinals of the World Cup. But I agree. I think the standard now for Canada is taking another step. Like Gold Cup is something they should be aspiring for. That's coming up this summer. And but first, they got some Nations League games. Like, are you are you excited to see them just play again? A little bit. I'm interested to see how they'll do against Mexico because last time they played Mexico was in Edmonton, I think. Yes. And the conditions were kind of in Canada's favor a bit, <laughs> but also when we played Mexico in Mexico the conditions are a little bit in Mexico's favor and we drew them one, one. So I'll be interested to see how Mexico did because, you know, they didn't have a favorable world cup either. And I mean, the U S did well enough to get to the next round. So I think CONCACAF is getting a little bit more competitive, which is good to see. And maybe a team like Jamaica could surprise people because they always have the dual citizens mm-hmm. and even Curacao, they play Curacao, which is, yeah. I don't know if you've ever looked at Curacao's lineup. Tell me about it. Um, They have, Hold on a minute. I'm going to bring it up because I remember I looked at it a while. I think it was Curacao, um, CONCACAF Nations, because there's one CONCACAF country that has a lot of players from like the, the Eredivisie. Yeah, it's uh, I think Curacao, I have looked at their squad before. Like they don't obviously don't have like tons of guys, but they do have like some players who are like, oh, I didn't know he was from there. And then, yeah, you know, they got, they're not, then they shouldn't be underestimated, I think is a good way to put them. And then obviously Honduras is in that group as well. Who, They'll play. Um, they'll play on th- uh, Tuesday. Sorry, in Canada. I think that one must be in Toronto. Oh, okay, so yeah. I think it's the nation of Suriname that always has players from like the Eredivisie. Yeah, it's them. So er- Suriname has players playing in um, Groningen. Uh, they use section uh, Union Berlin. Okay, never mind. This team's a lot better. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, but the Curacao team. I know they had a they had a player who played for Aston Villa. I can't remember. Bakawa, Bakua, something like that. His name was. Mm. But Concacaf, like you said, like it's getting well, way better. Curacao has like some players that play in the Eredivisie, uh, Belgium, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what Canada do. They should be able to handle them. I mean, Canada yeah. is a nation that went to the World Cup, so we'll see. Um, 
Are you excited for them to be in the Copa America? I feel like that's just a really yes. challenge for them to to be a part of. Yeah, I'm excited to see if like they could go up against a, a Brazil or even a Colombia, Chile. You know, a lot of these countries are very um, still talented and strong. So I think it's a good uh, different kind of competition that could probably prepare them for the 2026 World Cup. Yeah, are you? Uh, and I guess we'll kind of wrap it up pretty quick here. But just on the Canadian, like coming to the World Cup, like. How hard are you going to go to try and get some tickets to go to a game somewhere? Because I, I, I might sell an arm if I have to. I, I the goal <laughs> is media passes. Yes, <laughs> if we can, yes, if we can somehow secure media passes, that's the best route. Yeah, if we so, got three years to try and lock those down. Yeah, once. that's true. Actually, so we'll so. see. Um, actually, before we before we kind of wrap this up, Mbappe was named the captain of France the other day. Okay, so. I when I first saw this, I was like, really? Like Mbappe? Like, isn't he only 23? Like, I feel like that team is a, a lot of veterans are like Varan. But like, do you remember that video? I think it was during the halftime of the World Cup final where Mbappe was in the dress room being like, No, like we can do this. Like everyone mm-hmm. kind of do what you gotta do. Like, so my question is like, do you think there should be an age limit almost on like when players should be the captain. Like there was a report too that Griezmann was like not happy about it. And then he came out and said, he'll be fine. But like to bring it to hockey a little bit, like Connor McDavid was a captain yeah. at what, 19 and it kind of worked out very well. So like, do you think it matters at all? Or do you think it just matters who the person is and how they are? I think it depends on the person, how they are. And I think Mbappe seems like to be a kind of a, he's turning into quite a leader. I think there's a narrative around him that he's kind of spoiled and immature, but I, I, I watch videos of him and see, like you see him on the pitch and he wants to win. He's competitive. He, you know, he loves playing for the French national team. Um, I think he's, he might be a great leader for them. It's, it's tough to see. You never, you don't get to see what's behind the closed doors. Right. I think yeah. just because you have more caps than someone doesn't mean you have to be the captain necessarily. Right. Like in ice hockey, for example, Sidney Crosby captain, the Canadian team in 2010. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, that didn't seem to, I, I don't think it matters because ideally if you have many leaders, it, it, you know, a captain doesn't really have to be the guy, you know, if, as long as you have a dressing room full of leaders, that's all that matters. Yeah. And that's a really good point. As long as your core is kind of intact, which the French team has been. I think the thin, best right? way, sorry, to view a captain okay. is he's the guy who's going to represent your national team. He's the one, you know, he's the representative almost like an ambassador. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. And I mean, I think when people think of French football, the first person they're thinking of right now yeah, exactly. is Mbappe. So uh, do you think Mbappe is better than Holland? Yes, 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah. Holland, I mean, yeah, he scores a boatload of goals, but I just the way Mbappe is able to take on a defender one-on-one, I think we saw it brilliantly at the World Cup. And mm. I know he didn't do it against Bayern in the Champions League. I thought they defended him really well, but... When he wants to play, he can turn any defender onto the ground. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I think in that first leg, actually, when he yeah. came on and he was hurt, he absolutely dummied Bayern Munich. But yeah. then in the second leg, like Neymar was out, you kind of limit your options. That PSG team's weird. Like mm-hmm. they have a really good start in eleven, and almost nothing else on top of that. So actually, I want to ask you about the Champions League. Do you have predictions? Like, what are you kind of mm-hmm. thinking for the for the quarterfinals there? So there's Real Madrid and Chelsea. Yes. Then there's AC Milan and Napoli, Benfica and Inter Milan, and then Man City and Bayern Munich. I yeah. think we will have a Bayern Napoli final. 
Oh, I, I feel Napoli's. They got a lot of confidence. They play really silky and fun. I've been kind of on their. I've been kind of bandwagoning them recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Real Madrid will defeat Chelsea. They just got more experience. They know how to win in these tournaments. Inter. I, I don't know. You don't want to sleep on a Portuguese team ever. And then, yeah. but I think when it comes down to it, Bayern Napoli. I hope Napoli can surprise us. Yeah, I think I think Napoli is honestly the best team left. Yeah, they, they, with the, how they've been playing. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of wild. Like Serie A is on this like upswing, and like it's way better mm. than it's been in a long time. Yet yeah, Napoli has an eighteen point gap from second, which I think is Lazio at the moment. Maybe it changed last time since last time I looked. But on the Champions League scale, I was ter- I was trying to do like a power rankings of this. So like Real Madrid, I think in everyone I- in everyone's eyes is going to be the best team because they're Real Madrid and all this kind of stuff. But when you look at it all on paper, it's like, well, yeah, they did well against Liverpool, but in the league, they have not been very good. When Napoli have just, they already dummied Liverpool. They were the first team to do it almost this season, right? And they walked all over them. But my my hot take is Chelsea will beat Real Madrid. That I think, I think Chelsea, I think, I think Chelsea have way more to play for Hmm. where like they need to beat Real Madrid. And the squad is, they have a good squad. They're just not gelling that well right now. But I think with this Champions League, I feel like it's just a bit different. I thought in both legs against Dortmund, they were kind of dominant of the two. So I'm uh, I'm curious to see how it all plays out. But it's interesting. Why why do you think Bayern will knock out City? Oh, I just think they got a lot of confidence. Uh, And especially with the way they handled... uh... PSG, I think it shows a good good sign, but it depends if Holland really wants to step up as well. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So I guess uh, I keep thinking of questions, so I should I'm going to wrap it up, but I just got another couple here. Manchester United, you're obviously right. a United fan. It has been a tough few years for, for you, but Ten Hag seems to have come in and, and really changed things in a, in a great way. Like, obviously, the Liverpool result wasn't ideal, but you've won a trophy. You're doing really well in the Europa League. As a United fan, how are you? How are you feeling about everything? I'm feeling pretty confident. I know, you know. I think the expectations have been a little higher because of the results. I know people are saying, "Oh, can they win the Premier League? Win the Premier League?" I mean, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's impressive that they have apparently the most wins in Europe across the top five leagues, and oh, really? yet they're like third in the Premier League. So I think it's been awesome. I think it's been honestly better than expected under Ten Hag in his first year to win a trophy and be a Champions League position. I think that's more than you can ask for right now. If you can win the FA Cup, Europa League, even better, mm-hmm. right? And that yeah. sets the standard for next year. And I think Ten Hag is going to improve the squad and definitely go for that Premier League next year. Yeah. And it, you know what? And this is something that Manchester United had for a long time where they had like an image of being a really strong squad and almost like a togetherness and like, Nobody was bigger than the club and all this kind of stuff. And then for a while there, it seemed like that identity just absolutely disappeared after Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And no one was able to get it back. Now, Ten Hag seems to have like brought in a lot of players who want to show some like passion in the in the yeah. show. Like Martinez, Casemiro, obviously. Like Rashford has turned it all around all of a sudden. Like, I'm not saying his career was down and out, but it looked like he was like never really gonna be this great player we all thought he was gonna be. So what is when do you think the Premier League is kind of within reach? When, uh, because Arsenal have come from absolutely nowhere this year to be yeah. like, Oh, yeah, now we're gonna win the Premier League. I think, I mean, it gives um, the Premier League is a little bit more competitive now with Arsenal in the mix and City mm. as well. We'll be always there, but 
probably next year could be it. I think they've got this confidence in them, especially with how Rastra's playing. If they can get maybe a more solid striker like an Ossiman and improve their back line, just a little bit, little tweaks here and there could really make a difference for United. Um, it'll be interesting to see if how uh, City rebolster, maybe Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So, but I wouldn't ma- be mad if Arsenal wins it over City this year for a change, right? So, yeah. United, I know they. They were kind of in there, but then they lost a few games and some results didn't go their way. Obviously, Liverpool 7-0. We won't talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I think next year or the year after that, they, they should be able to probably secure it maybe, be be in the contention. Yeah. Is there is there any players outside of Osman you want them to try and get? Uh, at the moment, there's no one who sticks out to me. I mean, Jude Bellingham would be nice, but yeah. um, I think one defense uh, on Napoli, uh, I think Kim Min Jae. Yeah, the we'll defender. Be, yeah, he'd be a good option. I think he's been yeah. arguably one of the best defenders in Europe. Yes, yeah, I saw a report that people are saying he might be the best. Yeah, exactly. Moment, which so, is, again, Napoli just absolutely finding these players from from nowhere, and it, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, what? Uh, anything else? Is there anything you want to want to bring up? If you got any uh, takes you want to spread to the world? Uh, yeah, I posted a TikTok for uh, United today earlier. And there's a guy named, I don't know his last name, but he wants to buy Man United, but he wants half of the fans to pay for it. So he says, the condition his company will finance half the money while United fans will finance the other half by contributing about $3 each. How many fans is he estimating would come to? I don't know, but he thinks it might work, but it's just not ideal, I think. Yeah, there's uh, I've seen a bunch of reports where it's like all of a sudden uh, these uh, I can't remember his name. There's the Saudi Arabian fellow, maybe Qatarian. I can't remember yeah. the guy. And then this Sir Radcliffe, I think. Yeah, his name, Radcliffe's always like been it. in the mix for a while. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the Glazers aren't going to sell, and the next thing they're both making offers that they can't review. So it seems like an an absolute gong yeah. show. But are you? Do you think you'll be relieved when the Glazers are no longer there? Yeah, I think I'd be very open to the uh, Qatari investment just because of what hap- what's happened with Man City and mm-hmm. they, they honestly these Qatari investors are very serious. When they invest, they want to win and they want to bring success quickly. And um, yeah, that's evident with PSG aside from the Champions League, uh, Man City with their investors. So the Middle Eastern investors, they're serious. They don't mess around. They they want to win. Yeah, they are. They are ready to go, and they. Uh... It's interesting, isn't it? A lot of people don't like them until they're yeah. in the power and then they kind of just sit back and don't do it. And I, I think there is a lot of money in football. You could have probably too yeah, much same. money. But I also sit there every single Saturday and watch it every week, right? Exactly. So, it's not going to stop you from watching. Exactly. And it is never, ever going to end. So it's just kind of one of those things. But what do you guys uh, do? You guys have any FIFA videos or anything coming out soon? Or what's the plan there? Uh, I think so. Back? Huh? Uh, what? You got sacked on your FIFA mode or something? It's a little bit. Of a, we're we're getting there. We're getting close. Okay. <laughs> so it's 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 a tough time managing Reading. Yeah, yes, I can only imagine uh, all, all the managers. Funny, have gone funny enough, um, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible manager for Reading, but Reading in real life is also having a tough year. Yes, so. they under under Paul Ince, former Manchester United oh, manager. God. I think he's still there. And he, uh, sorry, play. I don't think he managed him. Shout out to Michael Carrick as well. I know he's managing a team and he's doing Middlesbrough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's doing really really well. Yeah. He managed United for uh, like a couple of games, right? Wasn't I think he? Maybe, yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, the the championship. If you ever look at it, like the points differential from like third to I think it's like sixteenth mm. is like seven points. It's absolutely a, an absurd league to kind of track. Like you can never really count out anybody. But it is wild. Actually, I have one more question. Was yeah. I heard this before when I was listening to another podcast? But the Premier League relegation battle is absolutely nuts. Like Southampton is last, but I think with one win, they can get to like 14th. So who who do you think is going down from the Premier League? Uh, I need to go take a look at it real quick. Uh, yeah, take a peek. There's like Southampton, Leicester, West Ham, which I know Leicester, Brett said Leicester would go down at the start ooh, of the season. But maybe tight. I'll go Bournemouth for sure, Southampton, and I let's go. Let's give it to Nottingham Forest. Oh, you think Forest is going? I think Leeds is the Leeds is going down. Their American reign is done. All the Americans <laughs> leave. Well, and, well uh, Nottingham Forest have uh, United, Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, Arsenal oh, all in the mix in these final games. So yeah, actually, that's oh maybe yeah. they will go down. <laughs> that is a tough run of games. That is tough. So what was that? Southampton, Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Okay, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> well yeah there you go that's all i got all right. was do you got anything else that's all that's all all that's right all. thanks for joining me buddy tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the amazon music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free that's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. There you have it. Matthew Wozniak, ladies and gentlemen, the founding father, like I said, off the top of the 90th minute, everyone's favorite TikToker. So a big shout out to Woz for joining me. If you're looking for some, uh, some extra entertainment during your international football break, go check out Betway. See if they've got some bets for you that you can lay down. There's always something going on over at Betway. You have to be 19 plus. And of course, please bet responsibly. Let's have a quick look here. What do we got? France and Netherlands is a big ticket for tomorrow. Minus 138 for France, plus 350. That one is in France. So I'm going to take France on that one. Minus 138 on the money line. Netherlands, yes, had a decent World Cup, but France is France, is France at the end of the day. And you got to. You got to take the odds when you see them like that. So we'll take France and then there's some other fun ones too. Sweden taking on Belgium. Belgium, the favorites, plus 120. Any other good ones here? Nothing too major, but go check that one out. Betway.com, 19 plus. Please bet responsibly. But that's it. That'll be a wrap on today's edition of Extra Time with Liam Horbin. Shout out to Waz for, for joining me. You can just find him anywhere. I think he, he's always around. Whenever, I, whenever I'm looking for him, he just seems to be there. So shout out to Waz. Shout out to the other 90th Minute boys. And there you have it, folks. Thank you for listening to Extra Time, and we will see you around. Follow me on Instagram, at Liam Pods. Find this podcast wherever you, wherever you are. Obviously, you've listened if you're, if you're this far gone, so you know where to find it. But tell someone, please. I'm begging you. I'm not begging you, but it would be nice. All right. Farewell. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.